I cannot believe that we are in summer. Like, we're June, man. This has been a crazy journey to have with all of you. So one of the things I'm interested in is your summer plans. I hope you have some fun things planned or that maybe you're going somewhere fun. As I was preparing today, one of the things I was reminded of is family road trip that we had a couple years ago. We got lost. I don't know how many of you have ever been lost on a family road trip, but this situation was actually kind of funny because I'm not really allowed to be the navigator. And anybody who knows me well knows that you probably should not put me as the navigator. Now, if it's somewhere where I know where I'm going, I have a really fantastic sense of direction. But if it's somewhere new or somewhere that I'm not overly familiar with, then you definitely want someone else to be the navigator. So my oldest was navigating and we actually were driving in two cars because we didn't have a car big enough for everybody. So we had a boy's car and a girl's car and the girl's car was leading. And we were trying to get up to northern Idaho. We had driven up through the Boise McCall area and and we continued to drive. The oldest kept giving us directions. And the next thing we know, we see a sign that says, welcome to Oregon. To which we were all like, wait, what? Why are we in Oregon now? Washington, I completely understand. But Oregon, how did we get here? Well, we started to do a little bit of backtracking, and sure enough, we had actually taken a wrong turn at a junction, completely missed uh, where we needed to be, so made the best of it. We actually found this Irish restaurant in this little town in Oregon, had some lunch, and recalibrated where we were at and got back on the road. Now, the reason that I wanted to share getting lost with you is that the Savior here in John chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17, he talks a lot about direction and about where we need to go. In fact, that's the way he starts. In John, we have a little bit of a deeper dive into things that were happening during that time of the Last Supper and leading up to his overall betrayal. And so as we look at chapter 14, he says this, you gotta love him. Let not your heart be troubled, yea, believe in God, Believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. So I love how he's giving us an action that you and I need to take. Don't be troubled. Believe. And he's preparing something for us. Verse three. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, you know. And the way you know. I love how he says it so plainly. Where I'm going, you know how to get there. Then you gotta love one of our favorite disciples, Thomas. And you know where Thomas is gonna fall here in a few chapters, right? A little bit of a doubtster. Well, in verse number five, Thomas says unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? So Thomas clearly was thinking on a very literal type of thing. And so you got to love what the Savior says in verse number six. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. In other words, Christ is the way. He is the way. Those bracelets, in fact, I saw one earlier today, the WWJD, what would Jesus do? And he truly is who we should be looking towards. Because where is he leading us? Well, he just told you, I'm leading you back to the Father. Which poses a really important question. 
How many of you out there would like to have eternal life, life within like God? I'm confident not one of you is saying to yourself, actually, I was thinking about outer darkness. That's what I'm shooting for. Because I want to know, is it really dark? Clearly, that's not it at all. We want to return to a loving Heavenly Father. So we have to ask ourselves, well, if Christ is the way, what are things that I need to do to better follow him? If he is the way and he's leading me back home, what are simple things in my life that potentially I need to change or look at this summer so that I am better following him? Now, knowing that we would be getting lost, the Savior, he tries to help us. But even in spite of him trying to help us, sometimes we get like majorly lost. So I spent a majority of my mission as a senior companion, which I don't know why anybody would put me in charge of anything, but I was the senior companion. In fact, I'd been out for five months, four months when I was made the senior companion. And I was made senior companion over a fantastic missionary who had been out three months. So between the two of us, we could kind of speak Spanish. We were kind of figuring out where we'd been. And I got transferred into the area that she'd been in for three months. And we'd gotten a referral. And so we were determined one particular morning that we were going to go find this referral. So we pulled out the map. And in all of my confidence, I pulled out that paper map and I began plotting our route. Well, we began walking through the city of Alcoy, Spain. And if you ever have the opportunity to go there, you'll enjoy it. But be prepared because it, they call it the city of bridges in Spain because it has so many hills and mountains that they have to bridge ways around it to get through the city. And so we are climbing and climbing, and it really does feel like everything is built on an incline in Alcoy. And after we'd been walking for about 20 minutes, we hadn't arrived yet to where we were trying to go. And finally, my companion said, can I please look at the map? Where are we going? And I said, well, we're going right here. And I pointed to where we were going, and she, she totally hit me, and she's like, Harrington, you have the map upside down. We've been walking in the wrong direction for the past 25 minutes. I'd completely led her the wrong way. Like 100% had taken her on this journey where she didn't even need to go. Sometimes in life that happens to us. We begin to follow the wrong guide or we have the blind leading the blind as it may be. In that case, it was the uh, misoriented leading the misoriented. And so to help us, the Savior gave us a fantastic gift. In fact, many of you listening today potentially received that gift around the age eight, when someone with authority laid their hands on your head and said, receive the Holy Ghost. You see, the Holy Ghost can help us. In this same chapter 14, we find the Savior teaching his apostles this. Take a look at verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth it him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be with you. Now did you catch those amazing promises that he's, he's said? I'm going to give you someone to comfort you. And that individual is going to give you or be the spirit of truth. 
The world won't be able to see him, but you will fill him because he will dwell in you. Now, I love the idea of the Holy Ghost being compared to the idea of a comforter. Having grown up in an area where it's very cold and currently living in an area where it thought that it needed to be winter in April, I love my comforter. I am the type that sometimes I do, and some of you out there have done this, where I affectionately call it the the tent prayer at night because it's too cold to kneel by the side of your bed. So you're like in your bed and you got the comforter like clear up and around. And you're like, oh, my father, right? I love my bed. <laughs> and this comforter, because the comforter is warm and cozy. In fact, my kids wanted these really nice comforter blanket things for Christmas. Why? Well, because they're soft and they're cozy. And sure enough, every time we watch a movie or every time I see them, you know, reading or whatever, they're wrapped up in these blankets. Why? Because the comforter does exactly that. It gives us comfort. Now, if we drop over into verse number 26, in the same chapter, we find this out about the Holy Ghost. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, get this, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, isn't that an amazing promise? That he can teach us all things and he can bring all things to our remembrance. But remember, the reason he can do that is because he is the spirit of truth. A few weeks back, we defined what truth was. Do you remember? In Doctrine and Covenants section 93 and verse number 24, we talked about how truth is the knowledge of things as they are, as they were, and as they are to come. The Holy Ghost knows all of that. He has not gone through the veil, so he hasn't forgotten. So here he's saying, okay, he can teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Because the reality is, is you and I in the pre-mortal life, we were not standing in a line under some type of marker. Like I wasn't standing under all people to be born in 1971. That wasn't a thing. In fact, I was progressing and doing things and learning things. And for whatever reason, I forgot to stand in the get your dance online. Some of you did that. And I love your talent. I didn't stand for very long in the learn about math line either. But so glad that my daughters did. They're brilliant when it comes to that. And so here we're told, wait, the comforter, the Holy Ghost, the spirit of truth is going to tell us these things and bring things to our remembrance. In Doctrine Covenant section 93, a few verses later in verse number 28, we find this. He that keepeth his commandments receiveth truth and light until he is glorified in truth and knoweth all things. Now, did you catch how many things you and I can come to know? All of them. Heavenly Father doesn't want to leave you and I in the dark. The Savior doesn't want you to feel and be lost. So the key is for you and I to figure out how to truly open that gift of the Holy Ghost and to access it. So I have to ask the question here, when in your life has the Holy Ghost comforted you? Or when has the Holy Ghost taught you of truth or in some way reminded you that Christ was the way? Do you get what I'm asking? When have you felt truly comforted by the Holy Ghost or been taught of a truth or reminded of a truth that you knew and helped to see that Christ is the way? I can think of multiple experiences in my life but one that comes to mind actually is a Black Friday. A Black Friday about, 
ooh, it'll be eight years, eight or nine years ago this year. I, I'd have to look. I can't remember. I'm a Black Friday crazy. Like I bought things out. I go to the stores and I have been known to completely get all of my shopping done on Black Friday. And then just only need to do like some stocking stuffers. That's it. Peace out. Ready to roll. Right. So this particular Black Friday, we had gone to one outlet mall and we were at a second outlet mall. And I want to say it was about four in the morning and my phone rang. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't I don't normally get a lot of phone calls at four in the morning. But on Black Friday, I expect a little bit of everything because I know that I have siblings that are out doing the same thing. I have really good friends that are out doing the same thing. And I'm out with friends doing that thing. And so as my phone rang and I saw that it was my brother, I had to kind of laugh because I thought, oh, I wonder if he's calling to ask me to get him something. Tell me about a sale. And so I picked up the phone and I said, hello. I even remember what store I was in. I was in Children's Place at Traverse Mountain. And he said, Candace. This is, and he said his name. And I said, yeah. And he's all, I'm calling to tell you that dad is dying. You need to come home. And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, they've taken dad into the emergency room. He, he's dying. You need to come home. And I said, so you're not calling me about a sale or something. He's all, what are you talking about? And I said, well, I'm, I'm Buck Friday shopping. Yeah. Okay. Let me see what I can do. Well, I hung up the phone and I just kind of stood there and my friends approached me and they're like, are you okay? And I said, no, I, my dad is dying. They said that they brushed him to the emergency room that I need to, I need to come to Idaho. And they said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to call my brother. I have one that lives in Harriman and I got to figure out what I'm going to do. And so I called my brother that lived in Harriman I said, hey, did you get the call from our other brother? And he's like, yeah. And I said, okay, are you headed up? And he's like, yeah. And I said, well, I'm down south past you. Let's meet. And he's like, okay, meet me at this McDonald's and we'll go up together. So my friends drove me to the McDonald's. My brother shows up at the McDonald's. We got some McDonald's. And then we got in the car and we commenced to drive to Idaho. Well, my father did pass and I spent the day with my siblings. But I felt that I really wanted to be the one to tell my youngest that her grandpa had passed away. And at the time, she would have been, so if we're saying seven, she would have been four, four, five. Anyway, clearly my husband knew where I was. And I said, hey, whatever you do, don't tell her. I want to be the one to tell her. And he said, 100%, no problem. Well, I get home after spending more than 24 hours awake the entire Saturday up in Idaho. Saturday evening, I get home. And as I got home, I I was recounting some of the things that I had been through. And then I looked at my little and I said, hey, I need to talk to you. Come sit by me. So we went into our living room and we sat down on the couch. And in the process of sitting down on the couch, I said, hey, I need to tell you something really important. And she said, okay. And I said, I need to tell you that your grandpa Howard has, has passed away. He's died. To which she responded, I know. To which I then said, who told you? And she sat there and her eyes got really big. And I said, it's okay. Who told you that Grandpa Howard died? And in my head, I was kind of getting a little heated because I wanted to be the one to tell her. And if my husband had told her, like, we might have to have a little bit of a, hey, that was mine to share. And she looked at me. She said, uh, and I said, it's okay. You can tell me. And she's like, Grandpa. And I said, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, grandpa and grandma came and told me that grandpa Howard died. He's with her. They're good. Can I go play? And away she went. Well, I sat there for a minute as I felt a few things. I felt comforted. 
I was reminded of truth and that Christ is the way. There's nothing to be concerned or overly worried about because of a plan that our Father has for us. And my four-year-old was in a position where the veil was thin enough for her that, yeah, I, who told you? Grandpa Howard. He's with Grandma. They came and told me. Can I go play? She was okay. And from that moment on, I was completely okay. It was okay. Well, why? Because of the Holy Ghost. See, as we dig a little bit deeper into this amazing gift, in chapter 15, the Savior teaches this about the Holy Ghost. Chapter 15, verse number 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Now you get what the full-time calling is of the Holy Ghost? His full-time calling is to say, it's true. Anytime someone is teaching of Christ or of God the Father or of truth, his job is to testify, it's true. Which poses a reminder, right? Clear back in, uh, was it episode one where we talked about the great question, Heavenly Father, do you love me? This question becomes so essential. Why? Because the truth of that is that our Father does love us. But we have to actually experience that to understand how the Holy Ghost talks to us. He talks to us through those feelings. The it's true. It's right. That's his job. Not only that, the Savior continues to teach about the Holy Ghost in chapter 16 when he says, you got to love this, verses 12 through 15. Verse 12, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Seriously, I really wonder what those other things were. So then he says, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall shew it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore, said I, that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. So, the Holy Ghost, being the Spirit of Truth or Comforter, is going to show us of things to come. Now, the reality is that happens to us all the time, doesn't it? Those moments of inspiration where you potentially slam on the brakes and you don't know why. Or you go a different direction, only to later find out that there had been an accident, the direction you were going. Or you show up at somebody's house and you're not exactly sure why, and they said, oh, I was needing somebody to help me today. That is moments of the Holy Ghost showing you of things to come. But remember, he also said in these verses that he's going to show us of Christ. The Holy Ghost can't show anything except that it be of God the Father and of Christ. So he's going to show us of Christ or testify when things are true. And then he also wants to show us the things right in verse 15, all things that the Father hath. Well, how does he show us that? Well, he shows us that through the scriptures, through temples, through living prophets, now, here's the crazy question. Why would the Savior give us this type of gift? Of all the things that he could have given, why does he willingly give us this companionship of the Holy Ghost? 
the only thing I've been able to come up with, because remember, he wants to show us the way. So the thing that I've come up with is that he loves us perfectly. The Savior gives us this gift of the Holy Ghost because he loves us so perfectly. So then that poses to me the question, well, then what is love? And I have to be honest, all I can think when I say that is, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me, right? Like there are a million songs that cover the topic of love. What's love got to do, got to do, do with it? What's love? But okay, so we could totally have a riff off, but we're not going to in this moment. Instead, we're going to jump into uh, my friend Oxford and Webster Dictionary, and I don't even like their definitions. They're horrible. Definition, love, intense feeling of deep affection, like or enjoy very much. You got to be kidding me. That's all I got. I looked at like four or five different areas trying to define love, and all of them came down to that intense feeling of deep affection, alike or enjoy very much. Well, John chapters 14 and 15 talk a ton about love. So here's a go and do for you. Will you go and read these two chapters marking the word love every time you see it? I think you'll be surprised at how many times in these two chapters specifically, the Savior refers to love. In fact, probably one of the most quoted power love verses in the scriptures is found here in chapter 14. In verse number 15, super short, but to the point. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's the whole scripture. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, I've thought a lot about this scripture. And I've thought a lot about why the Savior would say that. If you love me, keep my commandments. And as I think about this, I'm instantly taken back to the 18-year-old version of myself. I was a senior in high school. My friends all day, it was a Friday, all day Friday, we had talked about this party that was going on. I can't even tell you whose house it was at or what was, I don't remember the, the details. All I remember is I really wanted to go. And so when I came home from school, my mom did the normal drill of like, hey, how was school? It was great. What do you got? And I was giving her the rundown. You know, I've got this homework. I've got this and this. And she's like, well, do you have any plans? And I said, yeah, there's this party tonight and I can hardly wait to go. And she sat there for a minute. She's like, tell me a little bit more. And so I told her some of the details about this particular party to which she then said, you're not going. And I said, I don't think you uh, caught what I just told you that I'm going to this party. To which my mother very calmly responded, "Uh, no, I, I don't believe that you're going. And I said, okay, and trying to remain calm, which uh, if you know me, I'm not calm like a lot, but I was trying to stay non-confrontational. And I said, okay, so help me understand why I can't go. And my mom sat there and gave me the worst answer ever. She said, well, because I love you. And I freaking lost it. I literally said, love, are you kidding me? This is not love. This is social suicide. You're the one that told me that I should be socially active. You're the one that said I should go out and hang out with friends. You're the one that said I should plan things on Friday nights. You're the one that said, why can't I go? Just give me a real reason. And she sat there as calm as a cucumber. Well, because I love you. Love, you gotta be kidding me. This is love. Like, And I went on and on about love. And then I did what you need to do when you are 18 and angry. 
I stomped down the hallway, I slammed my door, and then I turned on the angry music. Right? Because you can't have like love at home. No, you're not going to listen to that because you need to send the message to everyone in the house how angry you are. Well, I'm sending out the message and I was angry. I sat there and I kind of stewing in my thoughts and I thought, oh, I know what this is. She's upset that I haven't spent any like real quality time with her for a while. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to work the angle. You know, teens, you do this. You work the angle. So I figured there must have been like a love angle that I could work. So I waited until the evening and sure enough, my mom was in the living room and she would often crochet in the evening while watching TV. And so she was sitting there in the couch crocheting and I came into the living room and I said, hey, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm watching the show. What's your show? And we began talking about her show. And so I kind of snuggled up into her and cozied on up and I watched her show and and uh, the show ended right at about 9 p.m. And she's like, oh, that was so nice sharing time with you. And I said, thank you. It was nice sharing time with you. Do you know what else would be nice? To go share some time with my friends that I committed that I would see tonight. So how about this? How about it's nine o'clock? I'll be home by 1030 because you know how you barter. I'll be home by 1030. That way I can keep my word. We've shared a moment. I can go share a moment and then I'll be back. To which my mom responded and said, Candace, that is awesome. I really appreciate everything you're saying there, but you're not going. And I said, mom, totally cool. Just tell me why. To which my mom responded, because I love you. I'm not kidding you. It took everything I had not to blow up a second time in her face. And I looked and I said, no, for reals, why can't I go? To which she responded again calmly, because I love you. Well, I looked at her and I simply said, good night. And got up and walked to my room. I was so mad. Now, one really interesting thing about me, I never snuck out. I occasionally snuck back in because I was uh, way out past curfew, but I never snuck out. And so that night I didn't leave. I can't tell you what would have happened or what she was feeling or why I shouldn't go. Or Here I am like 30 plus years later. And the one thing I know from that particular incident was that my mother loved me. Well, now as I'm a parent and have been a parent for 16 plus years, I understand a little bit better my mother and subsequently I understand God better. In fact, one of the ways that my children show their love to me, even though they may not know it, is when they keep house rules. See, our number one rule in our house is very simple. We have three. First one, quickly I obey. Second one, no crazies. And our third one is let's have fun. And I stole those from one of my older brothers. I love that those were his family rules and they are family rules. If you ask my kids, what's the first family rule? Quickly I obey. They show their love through their obedience by keeping the house rules. Well, why? Well, because if you love me, keep my commandments. God is exactly the same. We show our love to him by our obedience. And sometimes he says, you can't do that. Why not? Because I love you. But how much does he love us? Well, he loves us this much. John 15, 12 through 14. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. 
ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. The Savior laid down his life for us. That is the bottom line. Because of him, you and I received the free gift of being immortal. One day, my body that has titanium knees and I've had tongue surgery three times and I've been hit by lightning and run over by the lawnmower and trapped in escalators and I have scars all over the place. One day, this body is going to be perfect. And I'm really hoping that it's also 6'2". That maybe like there's something going on that I kind of got the short gene and I'll get like the tall gene later on. That's a free gift that everybody gets. But because he loved me, he laid down his life in a way that also allows me to have eternal life, life within like God's. How? Well, through keeping his commandments. See, he's not asking you and I to lay down our lives. He's asking us to live our lives for him. How? Well, he just said, well, you're my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. I can't imagine anything better being said when I pass through the veil than to have the Savior say, oh my gosh, my little sister, one of my best friends is back. Hi. I cannot think of a better way to be greeted than him calling me one of his friends. Because you are siblings because you're born into a family, but friendship is a choice. Choice by the decisions that you make individually and collectively. So we go back to these verses. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. So are people first in your life? Do you live for Christ? And are you truly his friend? Well, there are a million other things we could go into in these chapters. But the reality is, is if we don't know the way, the rest of what's in these chapters doesn't really matter. So will you go and do a couple of things this week? Will you go and follow Jesus better because he's told you that he is the way? Will you go and focus in and listen to the Holy Ghost? Maybe even potentially ponder on and write about times that he's comforted you or taught you or testified to you or inspired you. Or maybe you'll go and read John chapter 14 and chapter 15, marking the word love every time you see it. Most importantly, Will you go and love as the Savior has asked us to? He's asked us to love. He loves us perfectly, and he loves us unconditionally. May you love others the way that the Savior loves you. As you follow him, as you focus in and listen to the promptings of the Holy Ghost, as you learn more about his love in John chapter 14 and 15 is my hope. I know that when we love others and put them first, we are happier. I promise you'll be happier if you do that. Make this week the best you've had yet and enjoy some summer sun. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Go and Do podcast. We would love it if you would leave us a review and click follow where you listen to your podcasts. We'd also appreciate hearing from you. Feel free to email us at thegoanddopodcast at gmail.com or connect with us on Instagram at goanddopodcast. The Go and Do Podcast is created by me, Candace Shoup, and produced by Cammie Fisher. 
We love having you follow along and look forward to hearing from you.